praise God that Joe Castillo just walked through the doors. Just got out of the hospital, and he was, um, he was told, I think, yesterday that he might have had some blockage in his heart. And today they did a heart cath and told him, no, man, your heart looks good. <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Did I see Andrea walk in? I have a testimony for you, and I'm going to put this young lady on the spot, and I'm going to ask her to come up here if she will. I'm going to give it for her, but do you want to give it? Are you comfortable giving it? You're not? This precious lady is so on fire for God. I'm telling you, she is so on fire. And back, let's go back to January. In January, she was living in an endless cycle. And she would text me and say, I don't know what I'm going through, but this is a cycle. I'm, I'm literally not able to break it. She heard about Covenant Church. She heard about deliverance. She came in and out. Let's get real, right? In and out, in and out. Because as the cycle would roll back around, she'd go out. And then when the cycle would let up, she'd be back in. And I think there were times where Derek would come without her, and then she would come without Derek. Um, she came to the ladies' conference. She heard about deliverance in April, I believe. In April, we had a deliverance session, and standing right over there, this young lady's deliverance process started so beautifully. She has been literally getting continually better. So about a month ago, she decided, I cannot live without the Holy Spirit. I can't live without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I think she went to Casey, right? Or who'd you go to? In the Bible. Okay, so in the Bible study, she was talking about it, and they prayed, prayed about it because she said, I started feeling like the Holy Spirit was not for me. I started feeling like I was never going to get the Holy Spirit. And what happened over the last month, she got so, so hungry. Our pastor called a fast on Sunday, and I do know that her family participated in this fast. And last night, her stepfather went to the hospital and so Sherry Reether was just a blessing of a sister, spent some time with Andrea. They were up till the wee hours of the morning. She left Sherry Reether's house and started driving home. And she said, Lord, I don't even know how to pray, but let your spirit pray through me and let me pray through your spirit. She said in her car, she started speaking in a heavenly language, baptized in the Holy Ghost in her car. What do we say? All glory to God. All glory to God. So we give him praise about that. <laughs> she said she got home and she told Derek about it. She was just boohooing and weeping. And Derek said, We're, and you weren't making yourself do that? You were really speaking in tongues and you weren't making it happen? She said, Derek, I can't make myself do that. <laughs> she said, he's a trip, but I love him. I said, better watch it, Derek's next. <laughs> God is so faithful. So to everybody that is almost coming to agreement with the lie of it's just not for me, I'm never going to get it. I'm the one person that, that's got to live without it. Ask Andrea how, how desperate she had to get. Uh, Mandy Caliguri had a word from the Lord that said, you're wanting all of me, but you haven't given me all of you. 
and the moment you give me all of you, I'm going to give you all of me. And it happened like within just 24 hours. So he's a big God. He's a real God. He's a faithful God. My mouth is so dry. Dear goodness. I'm thankful for a pastor that challenges us, and I'm going to just be real for a minute. I am not up here in, in, in a state of strength. I am up here with brain fog, irritability, a little frustration, like a little bit of, God, if, if you don't help me walk on this water, then it's going to be word salad tonight. <laughs> I need your help. So I'm not a, I don't have a lot of strength right now within myself, but I, I do feel um, the presence of the Lord giving me strength. And I do feel, I feel some strength from you guys. So let's pray and I'll get started. Lord, I thank you so much for what you are doing. It's a really, really big deal. We surrender to whatever you want to do for your kingdom to come and be established among us. Lord, for your will to be done, we ask that you come and stay. Come and dwell here and don't leave. Don't visit, God, but come and dwell. Come and and stay among us and then just take over. We, we yield our lives to you. And God, I ask that your strength would be perfect in my weakness tonight. I ask that you would speak through me, that you would let my thoughts be clear. And whatever you have to say to your church today, let it be said through me. Open our hearts, open the hearts of every hearer to receive what your word is speaking tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So before I move into um, the title of tonight's lesson, I'm just going to kind of shoot a scatter barrel because there is a lot going on right now. And so there's a lot, there, there's a lot to talk about. As, as you know, tomorrow is the ending of a season in the Jewish calendar called Between the Straits. If you have felt some uh, contractions ladies in the spirit realm because you know what they feel like in the natural realm uh, men if you if you have felt the enemy come in like a flood it is you are not alone you are a part of a much bigger picture and God is trying to birth something through every one of us and the enemy is trying his very very best to get you to abort it. So I want to I want to talk about this real quick. Hannah, do you mind standing with that beautiful angel? So I know this is one of the newest in our church and it's so we we Hannah and Josh are blessed with some beautiful babies. So Hannah Hannah was expecting thank you Hannah. Hannah was expecting that precious beautiful baby right there. That baby is a miracle gift from God, okay? God is the author of that baby's life, and he is the only one, after he places that baby in Hannah's womb, he is the only one that can take the life of the baby except, I cannot say he is the only one that can take the life of the baby. He is the only one that could place the baby in Hannah's body. He's the only one that can author that promise, but he is not the only one that can abort the promise, okay? No, Satan cannot. 
once that baby was conceived as a blessing and a miracle from the Lord and growing and living inside of Hannah's body, Satan could not kill that baby, but Hannah could. Okay, that's exactly where we are right now. Where we are right now is God has placed a promise inside of this church. He has placed a promise inside of your life. He has placed a promise inside of your marriage. He has placed a promise inside of your family. And it is, it is growing and developing and it is time for it to be birthed. It's time for that promise to be birthed okay but since the enemy cannot take your promise his only hope is to talk you into aborting it so right now literally right now as we move into sundown which actually with it already being um forward ahead of time over in um israel then literally right now is the anniversary of the time that the 12 spies had gone into the, into the promised land and came back and gave the report of, nope, we can't do it. Nope, the giants are too big. And, and literally right now is the anniversary of that. So the very thing that we are living in right now is it worked back then and the enemy knew it. So he's got to try to do it in your life. God has given you a promise. And in this three-week period of time, you have to be prepared to know that the enemy is trying to do everything he can to get you to say, I know, I, 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 no, I don't know. I don't really know that God gave me that promise. Um, I just, I just think he, I don't, what was I thinking? You see, at first you're like, I know God gave me this promise. Yes, I can have this promise. And then it's like, I think I know God gave me this promise. I think God gave me this promise. But the obstacles and the resistance are so rough in what I see right now. There's no way God gave me this. What was I even thinking? That's where we are right now, okay? So he's trying to get you to come into agreement with him and out of agreement with God so that he can change the course of your life and get you to abort the promise. Okay, because he knows God is faithful. So we're in this time period of between the straits, and it ends tomorrow. Praise the Lord. And the Jewish people know that at the end of this season, there is new life coming. Does anybody just want to stand to your feet right now and say, God, I'm here. Look at me, God. I haven't given up. I am ready to receive new life. I am ready to receive your promise that you have implanted inside of my family, that you have caused our church to conceive, that you have planted inside of me. Here I am. I will not come into agreement with the voice of unbelief. I am ready, Lord, to receive what you have placed inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So if you want to know uh, what happened three weeks ago, I'm just going to kind of make it real for us a little bit. 
that three weeks ago on July the 5th, I preached um, a lesson that said, um, it was about the snails. Anybody, everybody remember that? It was about the snails. And we talked about snails and, and how they hide under the surface. So between the straits started the very next day. So if you can go back to that sermon and you're like, oh, I really have faced the enemy. Let me just kind of tell you some things that happened. So I, I taught that on July the 5th and then this, this Jewish season of, of a really tough time um, started on July the 6th. Brad Gidry went into the hospital on July the 7th. And I believe Tina can say we've had eight people in the hospital in these last three weeks. Am I right? Is it eight? Can you count without calling some names? Other than Brad, he didn't, I didn't get a permission slip from him for that. So I want to say eight people that our church has had to um, get something to because they've been in the hospital in the last three weeks. So that's just some things that begin to happen during this time. You have to know it's a time of consecration. So I, I was not really studying this time. I was a little oblivious to it. I got to admit I knew it was coming, but I didn't pay attention to when didn't talk about it so I talked about um, the snails and then the next week Bryce preached and did a great job thank you Bryce he does an outstanding job and then the next week which was last week my husband spoke but last Tuesday while in prayer the Lord gave me this vision and I'm going to read it to you I wrote it down while in prayer on Tuesday last week I closed my eyes and had a vision. I could see snails by the dozens coming up to the surface. And I felt the Lord say, call the snails to the surface. I'm drawing them out. And when I draw them out, I'm going to give you the opportunity to pass them on to someone else or crush them. And then I wrote over on the side, get ready to deal with snails. I did not know what the week was going to hold. So let me explain what he was talking about. I, you need to go back to July the 5th and listen to that sermon. I talked about how there are snails that like to live in shady places. We as people of God find ourselves liking shady places. And so we end up uh, getting company snails and they they go under the surface they hide during the day they hate the light but they eat they eat away a little at a time and they don't do damage really quick so by the time they've done their damage you may have already it may be too far they've done a lot of damage okay so the lord was telling me i am calling the snails to the surface and what was I seeing I was seeing snails in the body of Christ that we pastor and I just begin to see them just coming up to the surface and he said I want you to call the snails up why does he want the snails to come to the surface because he is tired of the damage being done to his people to his marriages to his families to his kingdom by the enemy so God is not a God that makes things disappear. He says there are some things. I love how you're smiling, Josh. There are some things that he says, some things 
come not out. Everybody say out. Some things come not out, but by prayer and fasting. So in our lingo, what that is, is there are some things that don't come to the surface other than through prayer and fasting. Well, I always wanted to believe that that scripture said there are some things that that only disappear through prayer and fasting. There are some things that only just kind of dissolve through prayer and fasting. And I wanted to pray and I wanted to fast and I I really just wanted those things to dissolve and just like no, let's let's just let it disappear. Just just let it disintegrate. Let it just dissolve. But God said, "No, that's not how I operate. I draw it out." So everybody, look at me. Don't be dismayed by what's coming to the surface right now. Don't be dismayed by the things that are coming to the surface. The Spirit of the Lord just says, I refuse to let some enemies of mine settle into your heart, settle into your marriage, settle into your family, and settle into my church. Everybody say, I receive it. Do a work in me. So why did he say, I'm going to give you the opportunity to pass them on to someone else or crush them? Because as he draws things to the surface, it looks messy. It's not fun. It's not fun. So as, as a person who has something drawn to the surface that God is exposing to the light... In their lives, there is, he's giving you the opportunity to either crush it, destroy it, or bury it again. And if you bury it, you will pass it. If you bury it, once he brings it to the surface, if you're like, I don't want to deal with that, I don't want to see that, I don't want to mess with that, let me just hide that again, then you pass it where to the next generation okay so what you don't my husband said this what you don't kill and what you don't destroy what whichever snails you don't crush you pass to the next generation okay well let me tell you another way that he was saying that to us as pastors it's messy and he told me i mean you can look at my notes right here it says i hand wrote get ready to deal with snails ha that's hard That's hard because to deal with snails, we got to deal with snails. It may be 1 o'clock in the morning. Tuesday a week ago, it was 2 o'clock in the morning. Okay? It is, you have to literally deal with the snails. And this is what he said. If we don't as a church deal with the snails, then we send them back out into society to hurt others. If we don't, my son had a deliverance session with a young man that the things that the young man desired would make everybody in this room want to hold him at the Dr. Grinch, I mean, the, uh, the, the, the Mr. Grinch, what does it say, a 39 and a half, a 39 and a half foot pole distance. The things that he had to express to Bryce because he needed deliverance and he doesn't go to this church. He does not go to this church. He drove from I don't even know where because he heard that we're a church that does deliverance. 
he he had some things inside of him that as a church you could say that's leprosy and I don't want to touch that And you know what the Lord says to us? If you release him back out into society, you did not stop his next victim. So you either crush it as a church, either we're willing to deal with it, either we are willing to let it come to the surface. As my husband said, take the hard cases, deal with the hard cases, and crush them because we refuse to send them back out into society. So guess what? I'm not afraid when a kleptomaniac comes into this church. I'm not worried about him stealing from the, from the offering. But if we don't want to mess with him, then he's got a victim waiting later because we pass him on. You got it? So this is what the Lord spoke to me. He gave me this scripture, and I didn't write it down. It's in Romans. And the God of peace. Everybody say, the God of peace. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. And that's not all. That's not, that's not, that's not the whole verse. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. That's a good thing, right? But that's not where it ends. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. It literally says shortly. If you receive that right now, come on, I want you to come into agreement with the word of God and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Now, I don't know if you, if everybody has dealt with snails like I have. We literally were visiting out on the porch the other night with some friends. And I said, look up. And there's a snail just over the porch swing. I mean, just, they're, they're, they're like, um, like we have a snail farm. So I, I hate them. And I, I happen to know exactly how they sound when we crush them. They have a good literal crunch crush. And so as I was meditating on what the Lord had shown me, I could hear this. And the Lord said, you've been walking on eggshells. And the only crunch you've been hearing is eggshells under your feet because you live a life of walking on eggshells, afraid to make the wrong move, afraid you're going to hurt somebody's feelings, afraid you're going to lose your temper, afraid you're going to go backwards. And you're, you're walking on eggshells and you're just hearing he said but that crunch now is changing i'm taking you off of eggshells onto snails because it is time to destroy the work of the enemy and get it under your feet how many of you would raise your hand and say i have been walking on eggshells far too long far too long i've been i've been so afraid i've been living in fear i've been living in intimidation i've been wondering when um when the what do they call it when the next something is going to drop i I've been, when the, when the next shoe is going to drop. I've been wondering when the next shoe is going to drop. I've been wondering when things were going to change. I, I've, been, I've been wondering when I was going to lose the next friend. And for me, it could be, I've been wondering when we were going to have the, the next church split. But that is over. We're not walking on eggshells anymore, but I still hear the sound of some crushing. And it is Satan under our feet. 
and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. But this is what he told me. Notice he's not crushing Satan under his feet. He, that scripture, mom, can you Google that? I cannot believe I did not write that down. Romans something. It does not say, because I need to let them see this. It does not say, and the God of peace, Adam, will crush Satan under his feet for you. It says, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet, Diana. So I, I asked the question because... Romans 15 and 33. So I asked myself the question because, I mean, the Bible needs to make sense. We got to know what we're reading, right? So I'm like, God, how, how, okay, uh, keep it, maybe 32 or 34, Mom. Oh, go to the New King James Version because that might be uh, labeled different. It's very clear. Okay, 16 and 20. Okay, let's try Romans 16. and Yeah, that's now the God of peace will be with you all. Romans, Romans 16 and 20. Okay, I'm going to let her get there. So, God of peace both times. Okay, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Everybody say that next word. Shortly, shortly. Okay, so I asked the question, God, how are you going to crush Satan under my feet? Like, I got to picture that. How are you doing the crushing, but it's under my feet? Because my feet have to be on the snail. Otherwise, you're doing the crushing. And he said, make no mistake. I'm going to crush Satan under your feet. But in order for me to crush Satan under your feet, I got to be in you. I have to be in you. Because if I am just around you, if I am not in you, I, I, I can only crush Satan under your feet if I am in you. So I go into my lesson the lesson about the snails was hide in the light. Everybody say hide in the light. This lesson tonight is bask in the light. Why don't you say that? Bask in the light. Okay, so we're going to act like these. I appreciate Kayla helping me today. We are going to act like these are solar-powered lights, Okay. At our house, we do have some solar-powered lights. And do you know what they do all day? They bask in the light. Am I right? They bask in the light all day. So when it's dark, they can shine. But if they don't bask in the light, then when it's dark... They don't shine. If we're going to be the church that God has called us to be, how we shine in the darkness is determined by how we bask in the light. How we shine in the darkness 
is determined by how we bask in the light. So you go to work and you're like, oh, it's such a dark place there. That's okay. You shine the brightest when you're in the darkest atmospheres. But you cannot shine in the dark if you have not soaked in the light. Okay? All of these are, we're acting like those are solar-powered lights. Now, this really is a glow-in-the-dark ball. Okay? Everybody knows how uh, glow-in-the-dark objects work correct? It has to soak in the light in order for it to glow in the dark. It soaks in the light and then it glows in the dark, but it doesn't glow in the dark indefinitely. So I'm not going back to the time that you gave your life to Jesus Christ and saying that that's good enough. This ball very often has to get back in the presence of light if it's going to continue to function properly. Look over to your neighbor and say, bask in the light. So here's what I hope to impart to us tonight. Number one, we are light bearers. This is a light bearer, okay? We are light bearers. But we are not self-lit. We're not self-lit light bearers. We are designed to bear light, but we are not designed to be the source of the light that we bear. So we are designed to soak in the presence of God, to soak in the light And then to go out and reflect and give out what we soaked in. So we cannot give out the things of God if we are not basking in the things of God. We really are pastors that are asking you. To get in this baby. Robin, I really am saying, don't depend on me to tell you what's in here. Joe, don't depend on me to tell you what's in here. David Clay, don't depend on me to tell. I'm not preaching from any book labeled Breanne Driver. There isn't one. I really am. I really am saying, get into this for yourself. I really, really, really am saying, soak in the presence of God on your own. I, I, I am not saying come to church to soak in the presence of God. Because what will happen is, yes, you'll come in like this light and you will bask in the presence of God. You will bask in the light of God. You will bask in the glory of God. And then you'll go out into the world and you'll just be so on fire and so gung-ho and every, everything's great. And your coworkers are like, oh, just give them till, just give them till Tuesday because it looks like this every Monday. Every Monday they walk in and they're so bright and they're shining so bright and they're so on fire and they're preaching to everybody every Monday. But they don't, obviously, they, whatever they got on Sunday, they must not get it on Monday night because by Tuesday, 
They look totally different. So I want to ask you, what are you, what are you basking in? I'm not meddling too bad. I'm not talking about how much light is in this room. We know that when we come together and we lift up the praises of Almighty God, He is dwelling in our lives. How many of you feel the presence of God on Wednesday nights when you come, even when, the, even when they're singing loud music that's for the teenagers? You're like, I still feel a little excitement. So I'm not talking about how much you're soaking in at church. I'm talking about what are you basking in on Monday night? What are you basking in on Tuesday What are you basking in on Wednesday? What are you soaking in on Thursday? Because if you fail to bask and soak in the light, then your light will be dim in the darkness. That's all the enemy needs. That's all the enemy needs is just for us to find distractions to bask in all week long. And then he doesn't have to worry how big the church is. He doesn't, he doesn't have to worry how big the church grows as long as we're not shining in the darkness. Okay? I'm going to end by pointing to somebody that we all know very well. So we're not self-lit bearers. We've got to have the source of light in us shining through us. So the light comes in and then shines out. If we don't let it in, then it cannot get out. All right, I want to talk about Paul real quick. Has everybody heard of Paul? I want to tell you about Paul. Acts 8, 1 through 3. Now, he's also referred to as Saul, so you're going to see it as Saul here, and this is still talking about the Apostle Paul. Acts chapter 8, verse 1 through 3. Now, Saul was consenting to his death. That's talking about Stephen's death. Stephen was a man of God that, that Saul actually participated in Stephen's murder. He was consenting to Stephen's death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Verse 2, And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. Verse 3, Now Saul was consenting to Stephen's death. Oh, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Yes, this is the man that wrote Ephesians. Yes, this is the man that wrote Philippians. Yes, this is the man that that wrote Titus and Timothy. And this is the man, okay? This is, in this state... A man that was moving in the exact opposite direction than he had been put on this earth to move in. He was, he was put on the earth to carry the gospel forward. Instead, he was finding people believing in the gospel and persecuting them. I mean, just as opposite as he can be. The thing that he was designed to, to carry, he was 
trying to obliterate, okay? Let's go on to Acts 9, verse 10 through 15. He was chosen by God, but he was walking in the wrong direction. Acts 9, 10 through 15. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord, keep going. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. Keep going. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Keep going. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard about this man. Like he's dangerous. Like he's going to hurt somebody. He already has hurt somebody. How much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. Keep going. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. Keep going. But the Lord said to him, I want you to go. For he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. So he was called by God chosen by God but walking in the wrong direction there are some people under the sound of my voice right now that are called by God and are chosen by God but you're walking in the wrong direction and you're basking in the wrong things let's go now to Acts chapter 9 verse 1 And let's see what happened. Acts 9 and 1. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest, keep going, and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way following Jesus Christ, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Keep going. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a what? Suddenly a what? Suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. I want everybody right now to just lift your hands and say, let there be light. Here's why we need to be light. The, the thing that God used to interrupt his wrong direction and his wrong behavior was light and you I know there are so many going in the wrong direction and that is why God sent this woman to tell you to lift your hands to teach a series that says let's declare let there be light because it is the light that is going to change the direction of people's lives I love how God works in congruence. So it was light that shone around Paul. And after the light, he was never the same. Why did God use light? Because Paul, although chosen by God, was not a self-lit, light-bearing vessel. Before he could send him out to the world, he had to put him basking in the presence of the very thing that he had to go present to the world.
You're looking for things to be changed in your life. You're looking for things to be changed in your circle. You've got to get in the presence of the only one that can make those changes. Every head bowed for just a second. House lights down, please. Do you already have a song in mind? Lex, can you sing Dwell Among Us? Do you already have a song in mind? Go ahead. I'm not going to micromanage you. Not right now, I might. Not while everybody's looking. The course of Paul's life was changed by a light encounter. If your life is going to be changed, you've got to have a light encounter. If your home is going to be changed, you got to have a light encounter. I'm speaking to people that have never had this, this experience, this light. Be careful, Bryce, because that's live on Facebook. Yeah, just be careful. Um, don't talk about how good my teaching is that they'll all hear it. <laughs> I'm speaking to people that have never had an encounter where they let God absolutely shine his light in their hearts. That's the first person I'm speaking to. If you're going in the wrong direction, then I'm telling you, God is saying, I, let, my, let there be light. He, he changed the course of the earth in Genesis 1 and 1 with light. He's going to change the course of your life with light. Now I'm speaking to a second group of people that say, oh, I've already had that. I've already had that light encounter. Then I'm here to tell you, if it's growing dim... It's because you're basking in something else other than light. You're basking in other things. And if we are going to be an effective church, if we are going to be effective people, then we have got to, when we go out into the darkness, we've got to shine with the same brightness all the time. We've got to shine bright. And if we don't watch it, the darkness that we're in will suck the light out of us. And we're just too busy or we're just not interested in getting back in his presence. So what am I saying? Let me put it in 21st century terms. You need the presence of God in your life. You need the presence of God actively operating in your life. Yes, we believe it's a big deal for the presence of God to be here on Wednesdays. But it's it's a bigger deal that you have the presence of God on Thursdays. And that you have the presence of God on Fridays. Because if you're soaking in the presence of God on Wednesday, and then you're soaking in the culture on Thursday, and you're soaking in the culture on Friday, and you're soaking in the culture on Saturday, You're not making a difference. And he didn't call us, Brittany. He didn't call us to just shine bright in front of one another. So my solar-powered lights right now, I think it's still daylight outside. Can't really see them. They don't stand out right now. They've been soaking in the light all day, Sharon, but they're still in the presence of light. They were, why did we buy them? Let's talk about that for a second. Why did we spend the money that we spent on them 
for how they look in the daytime? No. Caden said no. We bought them for how they look at night. Why did he buy you? With his blood. Why did he purchase you? I mean, it was a really high price. Why did he purchase you? So you would shine amongst church people? So you'd be on fire at church? Or so you'd decorate the world in the dark? I know we get on fire in here, but this is not what it's about. If you're more on fire at this altar than you ever are out in the world, then we've not done any good. The goal is that we soak up the presence of God and then we go out and we decorate. We are the light of the world so that they can see us, so that they can see us and glorify our Heavenly Father. Stand to your feet if you will. I want to say this. Greater is He that is in you of Jesus. Why? Don't tell me that spirits out in that world are greater than the Holy Spirit inside of me. Don't tell me that. But, but if I've been basking in darkness, then I go out into the world and I'm overcome. It's because he wasn't in me. I hadn't soaked in him. I just want everybody right now to lift your hands. And I want us. This is a time of consecration. I want you to consecrate your hearts. I'm not looking. I know I said lift your hands. I, I don't mean you have to lift your hands. Just if you feel the presence of God, just lift your hands right now. But I ask that everybody would just pray, Lord, shine your light on me. I need, I need to bask in your light. Or I need that encounter. I need that encounter with your light. I need you to shine on my life. I need to soak in your presence. that you not speak to anybody in the sanctuary because we want people right now to be able to soak it in so they can take it out.
are stealing our joy, the things that are stealing our righteousness. We call them to the surface right now in Jesus' name. And as we bask in your light right now, I ask that you come and fill us, that you come and live inside of every one of us. And I declare over the people of God right now, your word, that you, God of peace, will crush Satan under our feet shortly in Jesus' name. Come into agreement with that right now. Your life is coming. Lord bless you. I love you all. You're very, very